This episode contains discussion of child abuse and sexual assault. Please be advised. She publishes countless videos online, creating a complex word salad of new age and quasi-religious claims, amassing followers and funds by selling counseling sessions and accepting online donations. But former followers and family members of those lost to the group claim that its leader, the so-called commander of the Galactic Federation of Light, is actually manipulating traumatized people into emptying their wallets and giving up their lives to dedicate to the group, its leader, and their $1 million ranch in East Texas. Will law enforcement step in before more vulnerable people are lured to the group? This week's episode is Profundity Yours, Part 2. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. We're back. We are back. We've been on vacation separately. Separately. We you know went what? to the same coast. Very <laughs> different um, weather temperatures, though. Than I was in now. the hot part. You were in the cool part. Yeah, you were in uh, SoCal, and I was. was in the Oregon wilderness. Yeah, so we both had fun. Oh, you man. were much cooler. I was much cooler. I was in a van with Paris. We were, it's called Van Helsing. We drove around and he jokingly said the first day, he's like, we're going to get in this van, take pictures, drive around, solve mysteries. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work at all. And then I worked on this the entire time. (laughs) Every time I had Wi-Fi, I'd be like, I have to be right back. And he was like, yeah, you need to go to the bathroom. I was like, yes, that's what I'm doing. My office is what I call it. Thank you very much. And I go, you said we were going to solve mysteries in a van. And you know what? This case is so much of a mystery because uh, it's pretty clear facially what's going on. It does seem that way. I was also enjoying my family vacation in Southern California. Despite the heat, which I will say, Felt like a winter day compared to what we're what is happening in Dallas right now. We also had a kick-ass pool though, where I spent mm-hmm. a good amount of my time. Um, so I got to cool off, but I would get you know notifications and stuff and emails and texts, and I'm like, um, I'll be right back. And then <laughs> <laughs> I and get at one point, I was minute. just walking around outside at night around like. The pool, and to- I came in, and Tommy's like, "Who are you talking to?" I was like, "Nobody." I was <laughs> listening to something. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this is a lot of listening, and God help our brains, and a lot oh, of watching. Yeah, yeah. I had to take several breaks just for my own sanity, and as we'll see, those that are have been indoctrinated and are entrenched in this, they don't have the luxury of turning it off and on like we do when we're researching. Mm -hmm. They are in it 24-7, and we will see just how damaging that can be. Yeah, especially the folks we've seen on, like, YouTube videos or Reddit or Facebook or whatever who post, like, oh, my God, my family member's lost in it. Like, even if they're not wrapped in it, they just – they can't forget that they've lost a loved one. Oh, yeah. It's – cults are so tragic in that way. Everyone we've covered – 
you know, it's easy for the outsiders to look at this, like you said, facially and be like, what is this crazy lady that thinks she's some alien, yada, yada, yada. Okay, but when you dig deeper, the real traumatic thing that's happening is vulnerable people are being exploited and manipulated in multiple forms, financially, emotionally, and possibly physically with yes, work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it's no longer just like, oh, this silly group that thinks they're aliens moved into a small town. It's much more harmful than that. No, and I think that's why we wanted to do this second second episode is because you're right. It's the first episode's like, here's what all of her beliefs are. This one is, oh, here are concrete actions that we have documentation of, whether it's through public records, videos, whatever, ethically sourced on the record interviews with uh, journalist Sierra Warner, who's been very generous with sharing resources with us. And this episode is all, here are the facts that we know that are at least provable in this information we've gotten. And here are the statutes that these facts are running afoul of. And you see, when you strip away the aliens and the federation of whatever, it's nothing new. It's Literally the exact same grift that you see Henry Lyons, who was the National Baptist Convention. He went down on racketeering and misuse of a pro- uh, you know misappropriation of church funds. Even like uh, I was thinking about being in the woods, and I was like, because I was in the woods reading all these. Uh, of course, I was reading a ton of like regulations and DOJ indictments and all this stuff, and I was like, this feels familiar. And the same similar thing happened when we were covering Sherry Papini. That's when Paris and I were in the woods in uh, California, and I was reading all this like DOJ stuff, and it just starts to click. You go like, oh, when you create, you do this fraudulent behavior, you use the internet or payment systems to do that fraud. Therefore. In a minute, the DOJ's about to yeah. put some cuffs on you. It's in the the digital age in which we live. It's really hard to keep stuff like this under wraps for long, but especially when more eyes get on it. And that's what we're trying to do is, especially because this is happening in our neck of the woods and we don't like anyone to um, be exploited and abused and manipulated, especially when it's happening, just a hop, skip and a jump down from where we live. That's how exactly how I feel. I agree. Well, before we dive into this, if you'd like something a little lighter, but mm-hmm. still educational and also very fun, you can come check us out on our last leg of our tour for this year with mm-hmm. the full energy tour. We're going to be in Detroit at the Comedy Castle. Finally, we're playing a castle. I've been asking our agents for a year now, like, when are we going to play a castle? Finally, we get to play the Comedy Castle. So I'm very excited about that. August 15th in Detroit. And if it's not an actual castle, I will walk, just FYI. I am excited because the next day we're going to play an actual bone, the funny <laughs> bone, in Columbus, August 16th. And we all love a winery. We'll be in Pittsburgh at City Winery on August 17th. So yes. 15th, 16th, and 17th, we're going to be all up in you, the Midwest. So go to SinisterHood.com slash live shows. And like Christy said, Full Moon Energy, it's a little more lighthearted than what you're about to hear today, which is hard-hitting legal analysis. Exactly. Full Moon Energy, we talk about werewolves, vampires, conspiracies. It's a really good time. I explained to Ella driving home from the airport the moon was out and ella was talking about it and i said do you know how the moon was formed and then she was like no how so i started telling her and then she just interrupted me halfway through to be like what about when that paw patrol character you know something just told and i was like well people at the show seem to be interested so okay (laughs) 
if you're not ready <laughs> for it. Yeah, she's not the target demographic. It's 18. <laughs> I think it's 18 up, maybe 21 and up. But <laughs> go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows and come see Full Moon Energy. And Christy and I will tell you how the moon was formed. That's and true. you're not allowed to bring up Paw Patrol or they will throw you out. <laughs> it wasn't Paw Patrol. No, Honestly, <laughs> we were all so tired at that point that she was just being delirious. To which Tommy said... I think you're delirious. And she goes, ha, daddy meant to say hilarious, which was funny, <laughs> funny. in and of itself because <laughs> really funny. she doesn't know what delirious means and thought he just mispronounced it. She doesn't even realize how funny she is. That's extreme. That's natural funny right yeah. there. That's natural talent you only get from having two parents that are professional comedians. <laughs> I told uh, everyone on the trip that she's the combination of Wednesday Adams. Stewie from Family Guy, and then a third that I don't know what it is yet, but it's and I haven't pinpointed it, but it'll come to me. Oh yeah, she's phenomenal. <laughs> well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather, and let's get into it. In our last episode on Profundity Years, the odd group that cropped up in a small Texas town, we briefly discussed some of the group's general beliefs as expressed through its leader, Linda Good McGillis. Linda believes that on April 15th, 2014, she became a walk-in vessel for an extraterrestrial light beam. In a video posted to her social media accounts, Linda explained she experienced a violation of the body that day and described it as a rape. When describing the group's purpose, the official Profundity Years website claims that members Bring the wisdom of the ways of the ancients to the present reality whilst letting go of the modernization enslavement by living our ancient futuristic knowing. While this language is difficult to make sense of to non-followers, the gist appears to be that members of Profundity Years want to live communally, sharing their resources and knowledge with one another. In theory, that type of life sounds enjoyable, even peaceful. However, the reality of what is taking place at the ranch is anything but peaceful. With the publication of a recent article in the Dallas Morning News, more attention has been cast on the group, though mainstream media scrutiny so far is focused more on the absurd things Linda says. Allegations that she is a galactic star commander walking around in a meat sack may sound ridiculous, but additional information on Linda has become available through public record searches along with hours and hours of video that paint a much darker picture of her actions and their consequences. Linda described her childhood in one video, saying, I was child prostituted from the time I was two years old. You don't see me whining about it, putting it on the world. Get over yourself. This information is even more troubling given Linda's relationship with Mark Allen McNeely, a man who she met while living in Montana. According to McNeely's ex-wife, who spoke on the record with journalist Siren Warner, McNeely fancied himself a Chris Hansen type, spending time trying to catch predators online. He was, in fact, the predator. In June of 2019, McNeely pleaded guilty to seven criminal counts of possession, receipt, and distribution of child sexual abuse material. He was sentenced to 12 years in prison, though Linda remains in contact with him. In one video, she describes the relationship between her and McNeely's vessels, what Linda calls the human body, 
same. Even though I'm a walk-in, my vessel, Linda, was in a relationship before I walked in. One thing being a walk-in, we have to adapt as much as we can to fit in without creating a whole lot of disturbance to the vessel's reality that we come in. And one of the things I've had to adapt to in Linda's life, her fiancé is still my fiancé, even though a walk-in occurred for him two years after my walk-in occurred. The vessel's story is still playing out, and he's in federal prison for 12 years. Former members claim McNeely remains very much a part of Linda's life with members required to write letters to McNeely in prison, and Linda speaking with him on the phone frequently. And this is a connection I think most people are disturbed by, as they should be. It's one thing if somebody happened to be dating or married to someone that, and in in McNeely's case, it's not some sort of wrongful conviction. I have read countless court documents in this case. He did it. Full stop, period. Yeah. He's in Seagaville. He ain't getting out for 12 years because he did it. He fucking did it. I've seen it in his own handwriting where he admitted, oh, well, I had some images, but not the ones they said I had. I don't care about how the number is. One is too many. He admitted to several things, had a significant amount. And it's one thing if you dated that person, you never talked to him again. But to have an ongoing relationship and hearing on the record interviews with former members or former, you know, kind of followers that were around saying you know we had to interact with this person making your followers write letters to him to keep him company to keep him in the know that is very problematic it's also this whole vessel thing is it's a really good way to absolve yourself from any kind of responsibility when you say oh well, well you know really this isn't even me anymore. An alien just lives inside my body. So Linda was in a relationship with this guy. So now I have to be. Yeah. And this, the other was like, I'm not even in a relationship with the child predator. That's just his vessel. I'm in a relationship with his soul. And you're right. It's a very easy way to try to absolve yourself of the responsibility of continuing to speak with and support a, a admitted convicted, admitted sex predator. Granted, I'm only a judge sometimes but if somebody came into my court and said i am not a child predator my soul is great and my body is just this child predator i don't give a shit yeah all of you gets to go both of y'all get locked up you can share a cell (laughs) yeah you can uh spend some time with your soul in that prison cell because You should 100% be behind bars. And I understand the concern here from residents in Marietta that, you know, I mean, he's up for parole not too many years from now. And if she is keeping in contact with him and members of Profundity Years are keeping in contact, he is ingrained in this group and probably will move to where they are when he gets out. I imagine that the other thing, and it's not, I don't believe it's public just given privacy laws, but a federal agency, any law enforcement agency can just subpoena every single phone call. And, you know, it's like they did with Alec Murdoch or whatever. And so if he has any involvement in any stuff with the group, I mean, now you're looping in someone who is already convicted. It's just going to add to his sentence. But something like that where you're leaving, not just leaving a paper trail, but leaving a paper trail in the hands of the federal government who has admitted as of like 2018 2019 actually when he got locked up yeah we use this system to do the phone calls and there's ai and generative machine learning so we kind of do actually read your phone calls i mean it's just like yeah you have privacy from the public but not from the federal government no they read your letters too don't they oh certainly yes absolutely they do yeah so i mean i don't know what's being written in those letters but i've watched countless hours of videos i can't imagine that some of that 
light language and the jargon that the group uses isn't written down in those letters to where someone at Seagville is like, well, this is bizarre. Well, this is strange. And I wonder, too, if that's part of this tactic that you go, well, add a bunch of stuff about the Galactic Federation, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, and then you insert into it what we'll get to later in this episode of the fiscal financial aspects of it. And with love and light, and I hope your Starfleet mm-hmm. vessel comes soon, and then hoping that they skim the beginning, skim the end, and skip that middle part. Yeah, or they're so confused by the word salad, they kind of just say fuck it and throw it to the side. Also possible. Sinisterhood will be right back. McNeely's ex-wife was a psychic, and Linda appeared to take on a similar persona earlier in her and McNeely's relationship. She set up a Facebook page at least as early as 2014, offering sessions with her for money. She tried that for a few years with little success. But according to Warner, once Linda began posting videos about her experience with trauma, she gained a bit more attention. Linda began connecting with vulnerable folks online who were looking for answers. Michelle Nahas, a former member of Profundity Years, found Linda after suffering the tragic loss of her son. Michelle told Warner she had lost her faith in God and was looking for alternative answers. When Michelle first discovered Linda's teachings, she felt a sense of love and acceptance that she desperately craved, telling the Dallas Morning News. There is beauty. She's very intelligent. She's learned and has some very wise things to share. Of the group, Michelle told the Dallas Morning News. We were all broken and Linda made us feel like we had a purpose higher and better than anyone on earth. This was a time when so many people were looking for answers online, like 2020, when we were all sheltered in, everything was shut down, and the interest in online, like, cults just blew up. Like, people were finding each other in ways that they really hadn't before, and it was also such a vulnerable time for so many people that it's it seemed like it was... If you if your goal was to manipulate vulnerable people, the pandemic was like uh, just, you know, it was handed to you on a silver platter. Oh, for sure. And if I think you're right, because all these things are not all these, but a significant portion of the available footage uh, that we've obtained is Zoom calls. And that Zoom was the thing of the pandemic. And when you think like, oh, surely somebody is not stupid enough to film themselves possibly committing crimes, just like admitting to criminal acts. Well, during the pandemic, there was really no other way to converse. And maybe in the 70s, if somebody was doing this, it was in a meeting hall at a yoga studio in the back of a church. But now, by virtue of the pandemic and the world we live in, it's good on the one hand because it's it's categorized and not categorized it's uh, captured in zoom like Mm -hmm. you can't say no i didn't say that like i have footage but on the other hand that's horrifying because of how wide the reach can go yeah because if you're one guy in one room in one place in san francisco i'm thinking of what is it i think it was the buddha field cult Mm -hmm. you know just kind of trying to get people to interested versus you're on the internet and you can get shared and go viral your reach is infinite it's infinite Mm mm-hmm Michelle also claims that Linda would choose which of her followers were her favorites, love bombing these members and telling them, I choose you, in order to curry favor with them. It was during this love bombing phase that McGillis promised Michelle that she would take care of her for the rest of her life, according to the DMN. To reciprocate the gratitude, Michelle moved to Texas to live with Linda and be her primary caregiver, leaving her own family behind. 
Michelle told Warner that the first time she heard Linda ask for money was around 2018. A tornado damaged the mobile home Linda was living in at the time in Kempner, a small Texas town between Waco and Austin. Linda's newfound online friend seemed happy to oblige and began sending money to cover the cost of repair. And it seems like those are both legitimate things. You're, she, I believe uh, Linda mentioned health problems that she's had both in recordings and to the followers. And so if you say, hey, I'm having these health problems, you know, will you please come live with me? And from Michelle's perspective, you've lost your son. You've made this friend that makes you feel like she has all the answers. Why wouldn't you want to be as close as possible? Yeah, You're grieving. You, yeah, It's just such a vulnerable state to manipulate people in and that's what's so sad about it all of this is all of these people were genuinely looking for answers love Mm -hmm. acceptance and instead found someone that wanted to prey on those emotions and exploit them yeah and that's the exact type of person too that was looking for answers online in the pandemic because if you suffered a tragedy during the pandemic you can't go well i'm gonna go to my church group or i'm gonna go to my group therapy or i'm gonna go no or even be with other family yeah you just have to search online and that's what you can find linda continued creating her online videos slowly gaining more traction while also inviting people to live with her and several other followers in their trailer in one incident a teenager was crying outside a 7-Eleven convenience store when one of Linda's followers spotted the girl and began to console her, according to an interview with Warner. The pair returned to the trailer where Linda tried offering counseling to the girl, who did not accept or appreciate the advice. According to two witnesses who spoke to Warner, the girl, who couldn't have been more than 17, was held down by Linda and screamed at. Thankfully, the young girl was allowed to leave after the alarming incident. Other ex-members have said they witnessed Linda hold down the son of two of her followers, a three-year-old boy, and scream in his face because she thought he wasn't behaving. Michelle said these two incidents involving minors are what finally made her leave the group. The DMN reported that when Michelle told Linda she was leaving Profundity Years, Linda told Michelle she was evil. She said, I was the devil. I was Satan's daughter. I was choosing friends when I was supposed to take care of her. Well, Mm -mm. when you get minors involved, it adds a whole other layer to things. And I think this is why, and, you know, we love local journalism, appreciate the Dallas Morning News. I will say I had an issue with tone in this story, particularly the rap of the story is very flippant, describing the county judge like, well, dang, I guess they are a family. And it's framed in such a silly way with photos of the employee Mm -hmm. of the restaurant wearing these like alien glasses. And when you drill down to what's happening here, if what these former members allege are true, and it's not just one former member saying this, I mean, there are interview after interview after interview of these folks who have agreed, yes, I will go on the record. Yes, I will talk to agencies. Who do I have to report this to? And I think the frustration comes from you have people who have witnessed what if these things are true it's abuse i mean oh, it's, you 100%. know it's abuse and so the frustration comes from well we we called the sheriff to do a wellness check and they said it was fine and then the news reported on it and said everything was fine and i think that is where you and i have and uh you know siren and whoever else is looking into this like folks that get really concerned about this is and of course local people that live there more so than anybody where you're like we know we have knowledge of Uh, an injustice happening we have knowledge of this and no one gives a shit no and instead of giving a shit 
they're kind of leaning into the kitschiness of it, you know? That's what it felt like. It felt like, what a cute, fun article. And I'm like, this will read so badly later when everything comes out about this. And in this article, you know, the it is mentioned about the 17-year-old girl and the three-year-old boy. So it's not as if the Dallas Morning News and these journalists don't have this information. It's presented more in, you know, a listicle type of Five things you need to know about this cult that moved into Texas, which kind of uh, it it lessens the severity of what is actually happening when it's presented in that type of way, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. And I think in retrospect, it will play very badly. A more formal organization began to emerge in late 2019. That September, the domain name ProfundityEars.com was registered in early 2021. When Linda participated in a series of videos with Alexander Quinn, a spirituality YouTuber with 50,000 subscribers, she reached much larger audiences than ever before. The videos racked up hundreds of thousands of views combined. According to a former insider who spoke on the record, it was then that the sale of sessions and the financial aspect of the group seemed to take off. The organization Profundity Years LLC was established with the state of Texas on May 18th, 2021, around the same time of Quinn's video's popularity. A few weeks later, Linda filed conversion paperwork with the Texas Secretary of State, converting the for-profit limited liability company into a non-profit corporation. The formation document claimed the entity's purpose was... Any and all lawful business for which the nonprofit may be organized under the Texas Business Organizations Code. So this is the first public document that I downloaded from my Texas SOS website that I was like, oh, that's very bad. Mm-hmm. Facially, you can, in theory, you can write anything you want on a nonprofit um, corporations, uh, formation documents, which essentially is what this is. So they had one entity and they converted it into what a nonprofit entity is. Everybody's brain's like, oh, nonprofit means they're a charity. I get a tax deduction and they don't have to pay taxes. And that it's usually going to a good cause. You hear nonprofit, we all think, oh, that's generous. That's charitable. You know, they're they're doing it for the greater good and taking nothing for themselves. Yes, it definitely has certain um, aspects to it. But I think what happened here, for whatever purpose of starting this nonprofit, just because you have an entity at the state level that is called a nonprofit, the state is not the one collecting federal income taxes from you. That's Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. That's the IRS. You have to file separate paperwork with the IRS to avoid tax liability. That we'll see that that's that's not exactly what happened here. According to the insider who spoke with Warner, the change in entity type was done to address the new, more substantial flow of money pouring into Linda. She allegedly went from making a few hundred dollars per month to upwards of $20,000 per month after the popularity of her videos with Alexander Quinn. The money comes in the form of Conscious gratitude offerings In exchange for sessions with Linda and courses like the Reconstructing Thyself 12-Week Course. The offerings are paid through PayPal. Accepting money on the payment platform requires a social security number. The insider alleges that Linda was concerned about losing her social security disability payments of $700 per month due to this new online income. The follower told Warner that Linda set up the nonprofit in an effort to funnel funds away from herself so she could keep from losing her steady income and avoid tax liability. 
And that's not exactly how any of this works whatsoever. So seems you like know. that's illegal. Well, I mean, it's it, it, yeah, if done improperly, trying to set up a nonprofit, and then if you lie to the Social Security Administration and tell them um, that, like the the Social Security Administration, when it determines what your benefit is for purposes of you know what your income is for purposes of your benefit, it also counts in kind things, and so. If you said like, well, I'm not making money, this nonprofit I own makes money and then that buys my house or that pays for uh, uh, food for me or that pays for my gas, that's still in kind, according to my understanding. So I would imagine the Social Security Administration would be interested to know that there was financial gain coming in not being properly reported. Separate from that, if you have money coming into this nonprofit corporation in Texas, which that's all that it matters in Texas that it's a nonprofit corporation, and you haven't filed this 501c3, then you absolutely are 100% on the hook for the uh, income taxes for that. I mean, that is income coming to you full stop period. And at a certain point, whether it's now or five years from now or whatever, they they generally figure that out. The the IRS generally figures these things out. The thing about the IRS is they like their money. Oh, more than anybody. Oh, they love it. You think you like money? You don't like it as much as the IRS does. And you don't have, and as smart as anybody ever thinks they are, you just cannot outsmart the federal government forever. You can for a little bit. A lot of people do it. For for a lot, a lot of people do it for sometimes for a long time. But what happens is you pull the rug up and you go, oh, huh. Oh, oh. And as I've pulled the the amount of times I've shouted that Paris goes, what else did you find? I was like, oh, it's nothing. It's just. Oh, no, my goodness. It's nothing. It's just everything. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I was having flashbacks to when I interned with a federal judge when I worked at the Federal Trade Commission. I was like, uh, every internship I've had, every job I've had in the law, from, you know, securities industry compliance to helping older adults who have been victimized to corporate law, like the transactions of corporate law. I said, my brain was like built to analyze this. But then it was broken by analyzing it because I was like, there's, I literally called another, I've called probably like 20 lawyers about this already just to be like, am I right in reading this? Because everybody has a different expertise level, you know, expertise area, like call a tax lawyer, call a litigator, call a criminal attorney. And every one of them's like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, there's, they go, it's like a law school fact. It's like a bar exam fact pattern. There's so (laughs) many legal issues to try to parse out. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, nobody's fucking doing anything about it. So it's very frustrating. And the thing, too, is you're one person leading mm-hmm. a, a group. Yes. The IRS has a bunch of people. That's true, too. You know, so, like, at some point, like, you're just outnumbered. You're not going to outsmart the whole FBI. hundreds of people that are looking into something when you're one person. That's just, it's not going to happen. No, and I think what happens, too, in a case like this is you have a thread, right, where maybe it's the IRS thread. Maybe it's we get to a couple other crimes, but... When you have these threads, they just call the other agency. So if yeah. the IRS finds out, oh, this was a fraud and they use the internet, that's wire fraud. They'll just call the FBI, the DOJ. Then it becomes an intra-agency task force. Then you got so, all yeah. sorts of people trying to take you down. Then you have a task force. <laughs> ain't no good. You know you've really made it as a cult when you have a task force coming after you. I would agree. Like, I feel like that is a milestone for a cult leader. That you're like, I did it. I they did had it. to have meetings about me. I got a task me. force after me. Look at me now. Sinisterhood will be right back. Beyond the sale of sessions and courses, Linda convinced members to send more money to her and, in some cases, move themselves to the ranch. Family members post comments on public videos about the group, lamenting how they miss their loved ones, who are now swept up in Linda's grasp. 
Some claim that their loved ones have written checks or made online payments to Linda and the Profundity Years organization, amounting to tens of thousands of dollars. Followers allegedly become alienated from their family members in some cases, liquidating valuable assets or handing them over outright to Linda and the group. And that was another thing when it said, oh, they're doing payments online. They're sending checks. Again, it's just like paper trail, paper trail, paper trail, paper trail. And also, if you you say something fraudulent in order to induce somebody to send you money and you use the Internet, that is what wire fraud is. At first, Linda's intentions with the nonprofit seemed noble. In one video, Linda claimed that the money she collected from selling sessions was so we can build Emerald Sun Spirit Ranch, a community of life. However, former members who spoke on the record with Warner alleged that Linda utilized nonprofit funds to fuel her erratic spending, with one member alleging she witnessed Linda spending money at an incredible rate on impulse buys at the local Walmart. And I think that's where you start to have a sick feeling in your stomach of a question of fraud because you have these, vi- I mean, I've seen these videos, heard the audio with my own eyes, and she uses the words, created the nonprofit. All of that abundance would be funneled to acquiring land. So you've said on to your followers, I will buy land with this money. I, she did say, ideally, we would have uh, someone donate the land, but all of your money will be funneled toward this land. And so I arguably, if you did any of it wasn't, that's fraud. Yeah. In that video that I think we're, I'm thinking of the same one you're talking about. She very, like, casually and subtly mentions, like, but Spirit has told me that the land's going to be gifted, donated. So she's planting these seeds of, like, Mm -hmm. well, who has enough money that they can just buy this land and and donate it to us? Yeah. And in one of them, she's like, you just hold on to money. You're holding on to it so much and yada, yada, yada. And then later on in the video, she's like, 15 minutes later, somebody sent me an anonymous donation of Mm $1,000. So either that's true that she planted that seed and someone did send it, or you then plant that seed and go, well, someone sent 1000 I can at least send 10 Yeah, I can yeah, send 20 exactly. I can oh, send well, 100 If somebody sent 1000 that's a pretty big amount. You know, I mean, if nobody would be willing to spend that type of money if this didn't sound legit. Yeah. And I think these verbal and, and argue, I would argue from a, if I was the, you know, state attorney general or whatever, and I was, you know, looking into inf- an enforcement action, I would say you're advertising your services because she says on there, when I sell these sessions, the sessions, if you, if you come to my sessions, you know, send this donation for my sessions. Um, and then all this money will, what people donate will be used to help other people. It's why I started it as a nonprofit. Please donate so we can help these other light workers. So I would argue you've now, you're soliciting business. So that's dece- in Texas, it's the DTPA. It's a Deceptive Trade Practices Act, which can be enforced either by the state attorney general or by a private actor. If you've been swindled into sending her money, you could sue under the DTPA and say, like, you have materially lie. I mean, this was a false and misleading advertisement that this was some nonprofit that all this money was going to a good cause. And now I'm finding out you were using it as a piggy bank to buy tents at the Walmart. Yeah. And in that Dallas Morning News article, this is mentioned as well as another incident that Michelle Nahas discusses where her and Linda and some other followers went to Arizona on a trip and she saw Linda buy thousands of dollars of crystals and another now ex- follower named Vicky kind of confronted her and said like, should you be spending that kind of money when we're trying to save up for this ranch? And Linda straight up slapped her in the face. 
Well, there it is. And the forehead saying, this is a third eye slap. And, you know, you, and it's just a bunch of word salad of like. If somebody third eye slap me, you get a single mouth punch. You about to get a five finger slap on your third eye (laughs) if you dare touch my face. But it's crazy to know that like uh, she, she employed slapping people in the face as part of her uh to hold him in line yeah, and you can't yeah. say everybody's there of their own accord when you are slapped in the face for confronting someone and then told well it's a re a reintegration of your third eye into your chakra i had to hit you in the face to do that mm-hmm. no that's coercive control and abuse yeah. <laughs> <It just is. laughs> the ranch in which linda and around 11 members currently live in marietta about two hours east of dallas was purchased by elvira jumara a wealthy profundity years follower originally from melbourne australia on April 10th, 2022. In December of 2022, the ranch was deeded to an entity called Emerald Sun Ranch Trust. The trust is listed as the 100% owner of the property, and Linda is listed as the trust contact. The ranch and adjacent land are valued at well over $800,000 on the county tax records, which are often much lower than fair market value. A search of IRS nonprofit entities for the Emerald Sun Ranch Trust the entity that received the ranch did not produce any results. So this hold on profit was created to get a ranch score. She finally found somebody that sounds like donate a ranch to her. She found someone that had a lot of money to uh, buy this land and then just essentially handed over to her. And Elvira is on this the Zoom call that I was talking about where Linda kind of plants that seed. There it is. Yeah. And then you see her face is one that pops up in a lot of these videos. Um, And there's nothing inherently weird or wrong putting property into a trust. People do that all the time where I would start to feel a little uh, queasy in my stomach as a donor, a follower, a member, a former follower, even that has given this person money is what is the hierarchical aspect of this like we all donated our money thinking this big nonprofit was this love and light ranch for all of us and now you own all of it Appear- apparently facially from the public records maybe there's some secret trust document somewhere that she really shares it with everybody and that i really hope that's what it is but yeah. even land transfer aside it, this does the the whole ranch situation just shows like how much money is involved but the that as far as fraud on the nonprofit, I think the ranch is also separate because if you're still just taking money through PayPal, you know, donations or donations through PayPal, I imagine you'd have to change your reasoning after you got the ranch or you don't. And you say, hey, we're going to put in a yoga studio and a dance studio and we need Music more money. Studio, we still need more money. Studio. Yeah. And to your point about only what, or her being the, you know, primary owner, if this is really about communal living, then it seems to me like it would be a more like a stockholder or shareholder situation where everybody that donates money gets a piece of this land. So everyone, you know, is part of a landowner of this. No, I would agree with that. And like I said, if you're a member or whatever you want to call it, a follower, a part of the family that lives there, um, I would be asking those questions. I would also ask the question as the member of the Texas public to see all the books and records for the nonprofit entity because right? that it doesn't matter that it's a nonprofit and it doesn't matter that it's private because you said you were a nonprofit entity. I believe those are subject to search to in general inspection. Now, given that we're about to find out it's dissolved, I wonder what the, the clawback is or, you know, the questioning, if you were, if you had given money to this organization and you wanted to find out what happened to that money, you know, a receipt sort of thing. Uh, the fact that it is uh, defunct, I wonder if that was on purpose to make it hard to look. 
interesting questions. The nonprofit organization was dissolved on February 17, 2023. Both the state of Texas and the IRS have special rules for nonprofits when they are ended. One rule is that when you dissolve the organization, all funds must be donated to another registered 501c3 charity or the government. The nonprofit appears never to have been actually registered with the IRS as a charity, and the nonprofit's funds were allegedly used for whatever Linda wanted. And that's the the other question I would have either as a, a regulator or whatever is, what did the books look like at the date of dissolution? And did you just dump all the money into your own personal account, into the Profundity Years Global LLC that was created a couple of weeks before the nonprofit was dissolved? Those are, I think, they're valid questions. As we look into financial crimes, you kind of think like, oh, it's just money. But no, what you have is somebody that's tarnishing the name of the the nonprofit corporation. Like you said earlier, people assume it's a charity. They assume it's legit. Therefore, we have these safeguards. I'd be interested to see all the books and see where exactly all those money, all the monies actually went. And if you could prove that it truly was not for personal use. And when people do think, well, it's just money, it's not that big of a deal. It's not just money. These people are handing over their life savings, you know, their family's life savings. They're selling their homes, giving everything to her. So it's money. But I mean, in this world, money rules a lot of stuff. So if you give all of yours away and you also lose your own identity and self and all of this, When you try and leave, you literally have nothing. You don't have any money. You don't have a home to go back to. You're a shell of your former self. So it starts off as as money, maybe just a little here and there. But that's that's how they get you. That's how you get indoctrinated. And then before you know it, you're just sucked in. And it's it's like a a a lobster getting cooked. You know, you don't realize how hot that water's getting until it's too late. Till it's hard to get out. Till you, like you said, you're like, oh, I can't. Um, I have no shelter I can go to because um, a psychologist we'll talk about later mentioned that people who survive cults frequently get turned away from like a domestic violence shelter because it is such like a wait. Your husband was abusing you. It's like no, it was like a group of people I met on the internet. It's kind of like, Ugh. I mean, I don't know that they would immediately turn you away, but that's not what that need is for. And so I think you're right. You've we're, we see these folks who ha- don't have that safety net. So as my old mentor used to say, money is not the most important thing in the world, but in terms of survival, it's right up there with air and water. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, to get out of anything, to get help with anything, to, to get fed, I mean, in a lot of cases. So it's interesting, given the lecture I watched from Linda being like, people don't want to spend money on something, you know, they'll spend money on a haircut or on a psychic reading, but not on something that'll actually help them. So framing this session that she's selling with her as this necessity or whatever that's going to help everybody. Which is essentially a, quote, psychic reading. Well, she says she's not a psychic. She's a psychologist, which is another problem. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't say that you're a licensed psychologist when you aren't one. And you certainly can't practice like you're a licensed psychologist when you're You're not one. You're really not supposed to do that. No, you can't do that. Mm -mm. Most troubling of all is that Linda has mentioned in multiple videos that she was a trained psychologist, stating things like, Because I used to be a licensed psychologist, you know, my vessel before I walked in. Linda spoke with authority on psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar during Zoom meeting footage with Profundity Year's followers. 
She addressed psychiatric medication in another video, listing it alongside dairy and gluten as things for a vessel, her word for a person, to give up, saying, When your vessel's ready to give up your anxiety medications, your bipolar medications, your vessel will make it known to you. Additionally, the LinkedIn page for Profundity Years describes it as, Counselor. Licensed searches for Linda in Washington, Montana, and Texas did not yield results. A former follower of Profundity Years spoke on the record with Siren Warner and confirmed that in person, Linda also claimed to be a trained psychologist who quit practicing after she had fallen ill. Another video obtained by Warner shows Linda claiming to have a degree in psychology. Texas law prohibits anyone from practicing psychology without a license and falsely claiming to have a degree for financial gain. If someone sold personal development courses or provided counseling services while falsely claiming to be a licensed psychologist or to have a degree in psychology, they could be subject to state-level criminal charges. And I think that's the issue is that if you go through all these videos and there's, you know, hundreds of hours of them and tons of transcripts, you can see where she is using legitimate psychological terms. And another former follower said she had this huge wall of books behind her and had what and Linda had this huge wall of books behind her. And the, the insider said, I feel like she had a photographic memory. Like she seemed like she could pick up these books on psychology, religion, new age, whatever, and kind of regurgitate it which is mm -hmm. a great skill to have very impressive unless you use it to lie and say i was a licensed psychologist and if she was i would just just post your shit then just yeah. post your shit but you can't come you with know your like seats. i have a you know if you look up on somebody's you know whatever linkedin or you know you can search a lot you can search people's licenses in all of these states and again it's something that it's not like oh well i'm just so mad because this lady in a video said it absolutely not i am any as a former legal aid attorney who represented people who were scammed i get and as a red-blooded citizen everybody should get pissed off when you see somebody perpetuating a fraud when it is something so significant as somebody's mental and physical health when it comes down to like almost possibly undoable trauma mm -hmm. and psychological damage stealing someone's life from them and and instructing them that their body will make it known to them when it's time to stop their medication is extremely dangerous on its own but to say i used to be a licensed psychologist and then also say something like that is at, i mean it's i have no words for, i was so shocked at how blatant this was it gives a I'm lot so of weight to what she's saying from yes the followers perspective when they're listening to her because you know if you have a quote doctor tell you to do something we for the most part hold doctors in a high regard just like a mm -hmm. licensed attorney you can't just go out there giving legal advice to people saying you're a licensed attorney when you're not one there's a reason people go to school for this shit and have licenses and degrees because you know that it is very dangerous to tell someone who is struggling with a mental health disorder to just stop their meds cold turkey or your body will know when you don't need them anymore. That is not true. No. And there, there's a thing when your body tries to do that and you still need your medicine. Yes. And that's why you need a licensed medical provider, you know, a licensed mental health provider to do this. And the terminology she uses for them is session. She says she does one-on-one -on -one session. She does have the courses, but she uses these words. My sessions are $150 for 60 minutes and $200 for 90 minutes. I do not do readings in my session. What I do is work with matrix patterning and help you recognize it so you can heal yourself. 
So then I'm like, what's matrix patterning? Is that like new age world salad? No, that is a thing that psychologists can be trained in for it's um, pattern recognition therapy. And there's this matrix of, you know, I don't know it. I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to explain it to you. But when I looked that up, I was like, oh, this is an APA approved course for practitioners to take and utilize on their patients. And what I think is dangerous is if you have a person claiming that they are a practitioner and then utilizing what sounds like a real word for therapy, but really they slap you in the forehead because you asked them why they spent a grand on crystals. That's where this exactly what you said, this danger to the public comes in. And it's not just, oh, isn't it so wacky that they like to wear their alien glasses? It's like, absolutely not. You have got vulnerable people being preyed on. And then you have a a county judge who's like, well, I don't know. And it may not be within his jurisdiction. That's fine. I would say whatever organization's jurisdiction is this is in that this is also uh in addition to the taxes, which just pissed me off as a taxpayer, <laughs> that somebody else isn't paying tax. I have to pay taxes. No, and it's yeah. fucking I mean, irksome. It, it's know. bullshit that I have to pay them. But if I do, so do you. So do you. Yeah. But yeah. that's irksome. This is terrifying to me and upsetting. And I started to cry when I, like I said, I probably talked to 20 lawyers about this, a couple of them on the phone. And every time I get to this part, I get choked up because it's people are going to die. No, it's, yeah, as someone who has struggled with mental health disorders for the majority of my life. And I've taken medications for, you know, decades now. Uh, When you just stop taking them, it is very dangerous. And you go into withdrawal and your brain does that was already not getting what it needed to. And that's why you're on these medications in the first place. It's like, you feel like you're going crazy. You want to crawl out of your skin. Everything is just is hard. So if you get someone in that situation, it's real easy to manipulate them and, you know, look like they're their savior, their white knight because they're in a complete mental health crisis and they have no one else because they've left their family, they've given all their money to someone that they think can help them, and the other people that are there too are in the same position. So it's not like you can go to a peer who can say no, you need to get back on this. Like a licensed doctor gave you that for a reason. You're going to somebody that's like, I know, well, you know, the intergalactic leader told us that we're just meat sacks and we don't need this anymore because, and it's just like, you're not getting any kind of um, reality check. Yeah, no, exactly. And when you said they're feeling like they're crawling out of their skin, what if you had that feeling and you went to your therapist who you thought was a licensed th- right. psychologist because they told you and you told them that feeling. And rather than saying, let's adjust your medication and we're going to talk through some of this, they went, that's exactly what should be happening because your vessel, you're experiencing a walk in. And now your vessel is, I mean, it is the most, uh, some of the most vulnerable people being preyed on in the absolute most insidious way. Yeah. And you are correct that when these types of things happen, if we look at other cults we've covered or just historically people will die whether by yeah. their own hand as a group decision or just accidentally yeah, accidentally. Taking- yeah like um, you your body just shuts down because of you know you're not on your meds you're not eating you're not taking care of yourself because you're suffering from whatever mental health disorder you have and you're not getting the appropriate care for that 
Yeah. And if you say, man, I'd really like care. Again, somebody tells you, you mm-hmm. slaps you in the face or says, yeah, sure, you can leave. And then you open the door and it's a really, really, really long dirt road that ends in a really, really, really long county road that ends in nothingness. I mean, just like road and road and road. And you know what? Then you see is a restaurant and you get so excited and then you find out that that's the restaurant they own and you can't, there's nowhere for you to run. It's literally the makings of a horror film, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you run, you think you're away, you get in the car, nope, you're going right back to where you were. Yeah, it's horrifying. Sinisterhood will be right back. On July 20th, 2023, the Dallas Morning News published an article about Profundity Years, highlighting the concerns about the problematic group from both Marietta residents as well as former members who know firsthand how abusive Linda's leadership can be. During her interview with the DMN at the Old Town Cafe, the only restaurant in Marietta that Profundity Years purchased a while back, Linda explained her philosophy. When you understand that everything is built on cosmic law, not human law, universal law, not human law, that everything begins in energy, frequency, and vibration, then everything I say makes sense. And uh, I can just hear the judge going, and did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Or are you ready to enter your plea? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> when you say things like, I don't believe in human law. Okay. You can believe well, literally whatever. I don't care what you believe. You have to live in this vessel, in this reality. Yeah. This is the world in which we all live. These are the rules as a society that have been established. Do we like them all? Certainly not. But you can't just make shit up and take advantage of people because you don't, you, that's what you decide to do. That is illegal. Yeah, and at least for now, and if the the rapture comes in 20 years and the meat sacks are sh- sloughed off and it turns out Linda was the supreme leader, I will accept my eternal damnation yeah. and fire. Frankly, I'd rather that. Um, but until then, you, you can't do these things. No. You can't. You no. can't say you're a psychologist and sell sessions and then you can't say that the sessions are a donation. That's a trade. It's an, ex- it's an exchange of services for money. That's income. That's not a donation. Like... You can call things and live in whatever fantasy world you want to come into. But when you strip away all the fantasy and literally just go, what action happened and where's the statute? A lot of stuff starts to really match up. This is why in videos you watch or interviews you see where someone will say, like, I'm a licensed psychologist, but I didn't treat such and such to cover their ass. Or, you know, I am not diagnosing anybody in this video. This is just my opinion. Like, people that are based in reality know that like this is the proper context and what you say to let someone know that you are just giving your opinion and for linda it's quite the opposite where it is i am the one and only uh, Mm -hmm. you know i mean michelle and and vicky former followers said that she compares herself to jesus christ she says you know i mean i've heard her yeah i mean she watched a zoom video with her it's not like these things are hard to find, you know what I mean? Well, and I would say, I'll clarify, they did try to scrub a significant amount of their online True. presence, whether bad press or they want to put it behind a paywall. It doesn't matter. Some shit just gets, I mean, if Once stuff it's is out downloaded, there, it's out it's there. Out it's there. too late. So yeah. you think that you can get it off in time. And, and even if you delete it, if, if I don't find it, again, I'll say if law enforcement have subpoena power and they will subpoena Zoom YouTube, Facebook, they'll take your computers. They'll take it doesn't matter. It no. doesn't matter what you think you can ever delete. You're not because above the law. 
well, you're not, A, you're not above the law, and B, you're not above technology. Unless you're doing everything in a shack and nothing's written down and there's no bugs, everything is tracked in some way. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, well, they'll never know. I'll just delete it all. It does not matter. All of those companies I listed will absolutely comply with a subpoena from the federal government. I mean, or the state government. I mean, f- full, fully. So you think like, oh, it doesn't matter. I took them off of Facebook or I took them off of YouTube. They're on the server somewhere, yeah. ding dong. You might not see them, but it's not an out of sight, out of mind thing when it comes to the government and their capabilities. Mm -mm. And for all we know, they're already looking at them. We don't know. True. Pictures taken at the cafe and featured in the Dallas Morning News article show a smiling Linda and several of her followers who work at the cafe and live at the ranch. Other pictures show the witty approach the group has taken to residents calling them a cult. Alien sunglasses are available for purchase, as are t-shirts that say... We drank the Kool-Aid and survived. With the restaurant's name and address on the back. A handmade sign on the wall reads, Christ, unite, love, truth. With the first letter of each word highlighted to spell out C-U-L-T. A less inviting sign is posted at the end of the long dirt road leading to the Profundity Years Ranch, which informs visitors, I believe in gods and guns, trespass, and you'll meet both. Well, we saw the sign in real life. We did see the sign in real life. We decided to take a little road trip to Marietta just to kind of see what was going on for ourselves. Got out the cafe, drive by where the ranch was just to have a better, well-rounded picture when we're trying to discuss this, you Mm -hmm. know, especially since we're able to drive. It's about a two-hour drive from here. We went to the cafe. We had a nice, I will say, food was very good. It was good. The soup was great. The wild mushroom soup was on point. We saw all of these signs that the Dallas Morning News took pictures of. There is a little gift shop with these t-shirts and, you know, little sunglasses you put on that look like alien eyes. There's some essential oils and soaps and whatnot that I don't know if it's made by followers or they are just repackaging it and selling it or whatever. The um, person who served us and who was there, the running kind of the restaurant at the time was very chatty. Mm -hmm. Friendly, chatty. And I didn't go, I think neither of us went in thinking we're going to do an interview and it's going to be an expose and whatever. It was like, is this real? Is this cafe real? Are these people, is all this legit? My question was, How obvious would it be walking into this cafe to someone who had no idea what was going on that this group owns this? And the answer is very obvious because within minutes, the our server was telling us about the group and that they live up the road and communal living and their vision. It's a collective. And I mean, it took us saying nothing for this no. information to be presented to us. So they seem it, forthcoming. It seems very forthcoming, which would, you know, if this, then what, if it, who weren't, if we get this information, it would stand to reason that most people that walk into this restaurant would get the same information. I would think so. Yeah. And it was just, 
the the plan was not and that's why we're not like quoting anything this wasn't an interview it was literally it's a public place a restaurant they're saying come on down the food's good so we don't live too far away we'll come on down in the and they were not wrong the food was good but you're right the signage like with spelling out the colt on the wall and the t-shirts and things like that uh it's highlighted in the dallas morning news article as this cheeky thing and on its face it is it is cheeky if it really was there's no nefarious activity going on you know you're like we got to lean in and you know figure out a way to get through this together but given what we have uncovered it does not seem tasteful no and in fact i wonder if the cheekiness is a way to kind of skirt the real issues and make it seem facially like isn't this silly? This is just a big joke. Look, even we are thinking we're, we're, you know, we're like laughing at ourselves. We're taking it in, in stride. When in reality, this is a harmful cult. Well, and I also would, uh, even if you aren't a cult and you just want to take it in stride, something I don't personally joke around about is the murder of 900 people at Jonestown. Yeah. So I don't think that's, uh, even if you want to be cheeky and funny, I think picking an actual cult with an actual devastating thing to mock is, uh, and drawing tasteful. that parallel, not at all. No, it's it's extremely disrespectful. And I would imagine that um, a lot of uh, Christians or those that, you know, practice Christianity wouldn't appreciate Christ, love, unite truth being used as a way to, you know... It's a cult. But yeah, you're, I think you're right. Like if uh, the folks in the town, you know, the it seems like from online posts and, you know, stuff you see, it's like some people are upset, rightfully so, I think, about the connection to McNeely, about, uh, you know, the allegations of what's going on on the ranch. Separately, you know, the other half of it's like, oh, live and let live. Like we're a really uh, religiously tolerant state. Texas, for instance, like litigation has come down that the word cult because the government can't you can't judicially say yes this is a religion no this isn't a religion you can call anybody the word cult that's not that's not defamatory and so and i think that shows because the texas supreme court has that precedent of saying we're gonna let you just say cult because we don't want to squash any possible religious offshoots here we want to be this like place of religious (laughs) acceptance you have to understand that's all well and good if you want to have religious acceptance. But if you truly are a Christian and you're like, I don't know, I might listen into all some of this stuff. I don't know any part of the Bible where it's like, in Christ is a lady named Linda from Montana and she looks like this. I mean, saying in a video, like, I am Christ resurrected and I, or Christ reincarnated and I remember my crucifixion mm-hmm. or whatever. I think when you start to delve into that is when it starts to, uh, that's not Christianity and don't be fooled by the fact that they use the C in cult as Christ. Right, right, right. While the gift shop at the cafe attempts to make light of the situation, licensed professionals do not think what is taking place in Marietta is a laughing matter. Sierra and Warner interviewed Dr. Yanya Lalich, an international authority on cults, extremism, and coercion for over 30 years. Dr. Lalich says she uses four major identifiers when diagnosing a group as a cult. One, an authoritarian leader who demands loyalty and obedience. This person is often a narcissist and charismatic. Two, a transcendent belief system, a term coined by the good doctor. This is a belief system that gives you the answer to everything, past, present, and future, and offers some type of salvation. This type of philosophy is particularly harmful because it teaches followers that the end justifies the means, meaning anything goes, according to Dr. Lalich. 
The third and fourth indicators Dr. Lalich uses when identifying a cult are coercive systems of influence and control. These types of control can be obvious things, such as controlling what a member eats or wears or who they marry. The more coercive and less obvious forms of control come in the way of preying on a member's emotions and manipulating the individual using guilt, fear, shame, and love. These tactics are used in order to get the follower to comply, thereby fully indoctrinating them. And that's kind of what you hear in some of the videos. You know, Michelle said in the Dallas Morning News article, she said I was the devil, that I was Satan's daughter. I was choosing friends when I was supposed to take care of her. And then you also hear from uh, Linda herself in some of the videos, people in the the live, it it was a live stream, and people in the the chat would go like, oh, where's so-and-so? Like, so-and-so was in it. And she was like, she chose to demonize me, or she had to pull away from the group. or And so it's just interesting that, A, people notice when the folks on the Zoom call are missing, but B, that she chose to demonize me Mm -hmm. and leave the group. It's a personal attack. I mean, you you hear things. Yeah, Yeah, you hear things like that, not going, you know what? It wasn't for her. No hard feelings. It's like, no, she's the devil. Michelle is the devil. Natasha's the devil. There are enemies. Listen, everybody out there, that podcast, that TikToker, everybody out there is our enemies, and we have to unite. We have to stay close. Your family is our enemies. The government's our enemies. Everyone's our enemies. And it's like when you get a authoritarian leader with a belief system that says, I will save you. The pole shift is coming. The meat sacks will be sloughed off. I am it. And by the way, we're all under attack. We have to stay together. I think that's extremely scary and dangerous and where we see these groups veer into tragedy oftentimes. Absolutely. In the Dallas Morning News article, the ex-followers that are mentioned there also say that even when they were still in the group and at the ranch, Linda would use their trauma against them and would do it to everyone there and would use the things that They told her in these sessions against them, even telling Michelle, whose son was tragically shot, that it was her fault. You know, anytime they stepped out of line, it was, I'm going to reframe your trauma to where it's your fault and use this against you. And that is so harmful. Like you said earlier, she's taking away their lives because, I mean, if you don't have your mental health, then you have nothing. And if that is destroyed when you're already vulnerable and then it's just used against you until you're just like nothing, then what? How do you rebuild yourself when you have no one to help rebuild? And you have no framework from which to rebuild Mm -hmm. because it's been destroyed and you've had to give it all to the group. No, that's a a sad question and a, a great question because for a lot of these folks, unless there is some type of intervention I don't know that they will be able to, you know, uh, extricate themselves from the situation. When you were mentioning that using their trauma against them, another light bulb went over the top of my head because you're as a psychologist, just like with a, a lawyer, doctor, whatever, you have confidentiality. And I have noticed in multiple of these Zoom calls, she'll be like, well, I was conducting a session. The person's name was blah, blah, blah. She told me she and her husband, and I was like, whoa. And not only that, but then to, do you think if you ever, if you had a real psychologist who was actually licensed and you said, hey, doc, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm actually gonna have to miss that meeting. They're gonna be like, well, late for everything, just like you were for your high school graduation because you clearly don't care about things. Yeah. We've talked about that. No, because they don't do that because they have ethics and they're subject. And if they did do that, then the licensing board comes and takes them away. So I think you're right. 
that's a, another layer of harm that I didn't even consider until just now. But that is it, the type of things that people will admit to in a counseling session that then she gives them fucking terrible advice, mm-hmm. terrible advice. And then uses it against them to and then later uses it keep against them, them under her thumb. And so you victimize them. Yeah. You victimize them on the first end by taking their money, by telling them that you're a psychologist and not being a psychologist. You victimize them again by conducting a fake psycho- a therapy session that's fake. So you're giving them dog shit advice during that therapy session. And then you traumatize them again anytime they talk, they step to you. Yeah. Because or they you try have to those leave. secrets. Yeah. Or they try to leave because you have those secrets. I mean, it is just abs- like layer upon layer of insidiousness. And it is, again, it's not like, oh, you know, it's just a little bit of influence. And co- it's not, it's uh, everybody's free to leave. There's really no control here. When you have submitted your deepest secrets to someone, that's exactly what that is, is control. I mean, that's what Keith Raniere made people sign contracts. There's not much difference than if you told her things and then she's like, well, when you leave here, uh, guess who was going to find out about everything you told me? I mean, I'm not saying that happened, Mm -hmm. but that's the problem that you've now empowered someone to blackmail you without even knowing because you were told on the front end, this is a psychologist, a therapist who can help me. And of course, there's safeguards against that if they are real. But she ain't real. It reminds me a lot of Larry Ray and how he would have these, you know, sessions with the college students and then make all the college students gather together in a group and shame the person who had just revealed like dark secrets to them, you know, and physically abuse them, hit them, slap them. Yeah. There are parallels between Larry Ray and Nexium, and then on the financial side, like pretty much every church minister that's uh, stolen from the piggy bank. But when you start to look at the allegations versus like prior cases, you're absolutely right. I mean, this was and filming it just like Larry Ray Mm -hmm. filmed himself. There's also been reports from ex-members that perhaps Linda is um, implanting false memories, which was another thing Larry Ray did where. You know, you have a vulnerable person that's off their meds. Now that I think about it, Larry Ray also told one of the young men in that group to stop taking his medication as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Gwen Chamblin Laura told one of her followers to throw his wife's medication away. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So So there's just shades of these same. They're all the same. It's all the same. There's, I mean, there's a show on Netflix right now. I believe it's called like How to Be a Cult Leader or or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Watch it. All of this is textbook. I mean, and same yeah. with Larry Ray, Budafield, the Keith Raniere, yeah. who was the one, the uh, Instagram guru guy. Oh God, Bentino. Yes, I mean they all Bentino. have these similar things. And in our show notes, we'll post the interview that Siren Warner did with Doctor Lalich, who, by the way. I got to sit down with Dr. Lalich. I'm obsessed. She is just like so knowledgeable about everything. And just she seems like you could just sit down and have like the most like sincere and honest discussion. She she is an actual psychologist and a doctor who you feel like you can open up to and get (laughs) good advice from. But Siren poses the question to her of like from the outside you know, people see, hear these things, hear these beliefs and think like, how could anybody believe that? What a lunatic. And she explains that it's not presented that way up top. It's, no. it's a slow burn that, you know, you, you, yeah. you get them in because they lost a son. They lost a family member. They're going through, you know, emotional turmoil in their life. So you get them in like that and you're a shoulder to lean on and stuff. 
And then slowly it becomes more and more insidious. So while to an outsider, it could be like, I would never believe that these people are idiots. That's not how it happens. It's, it happens by a slow manipulation where your own demons are used against you in a way that you couldn't have predicted that leaves you way more vulnerable than you were when you first found Linda. No, you're exactly right. And I think Dr. Lalich has a a great perspective because she is a survivor of a cult. I watched an interview with her on Wired. They do one of my favorite segments on YouTube called Blank Support, and she was cult support. And we'll link that in the show notes as well. And I think that gives a really important um, layer of empathy and perspective of Mm -hmm. like, it's not like just, oh, what a fool that they got wrapped up in this. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. When you read case after case of people who get involved in dangerous groups, it's always what you said. I read an, uh, a California Supreme Court case because I was curious about, you know, if you just kind of claim you're a religion, is that a get out of jail free card? And and spoiler alert, no, it's not. But as I was reading that the case that it was the underlying case was about the um, Unification Church, the um, oh, what is it? Moon. Um, oh, he was. Moonies? Yes, yep. Yes, yes, yes. And how when uh, a member was just at a bus station and someone said, hey, you know, you need somewhere to stay. You know, we have this place that you can come tonight and it's just a meeting. And basically they ended up and he's like, is this a religion? They're like, no, 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 it's not a religion. The whole time it was the Moonies. I mean, they Mm -hmm. just knew that they had sucked him into this. But just hearing his story of he was then from that place that was just a quick meeting was then taken to another place and taken to another place. And this was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe longer. But now you don't need to be taken from room to room physically. Mm-hmm. You can be sitting next to your spouse on the couch with your headphones in and being taken from video to video mm-hmm. to video and getting dug deeper and deeper and deeper. And the damage can happen while this family member is in the house with you. And I think that is what Dr. Lalich says in this interview and other interviews and, and experts in the field are saying the real danger of the Internet cult is that it can happen that slow indoctrination of like it's just 30 seconds of a video okay it's just three minutes of a video it's just three 30 minutes of a video oh my god she's been in there for six Mm -hmm. hours on that zoom call we saw the same thing with love is one and mother god yes yeah you know one wife of one of the followers said he'd get up from the family dinner to go watch you know her preach and stuff so it's not just these people that are getting into these dangerous groups that are victims, but they're the families that they leave behind and friends are just as much a victim. Oh yeah. Parents, siblings, kids, extended family. It doesn't coworkers, best friends. I mean, if you got lost to a cult, you know, we're not related, but I'm still your family, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah. So you think about how, how insidious it is, especially the digital aspect of it. Dr. Lalich also made a point that I had never really considered, but it's on the tale of what you just said about the Moonies that a lot of these groups will go to places like if there's been a tornado or a hurricane or some sort of natural disaster, and it will look as if they're just trying to help, you know, help people that are in need, but really they're recruiting for, for their cult. You know, I mean, it's like a very insidious missionary work. Right. You're like, well, we'll get down there and help them and then be like, well, don't you want to come back with us? Mm -hmm. 
And I think you're uh, regarding that of like, they want to seem legitimate. So they want to go down arm in arm with the Salvation Army or with the Red Cross or whoever's down there, you know, doing disaster relief. Or in this case, being like, oh my gosh, we're all so separate in the pandemic. We're offering mental health Zoom calls in the pandemic and not realizing that it's coming from not just somebody that's not qualified, but somebody that maybe is doing that for a nefarious purpose that you see they want to seem legitimate on the surface, but as soon as you strip all that away, you're like, oh, it crumbles. It's a house of mm-hmm. cards. And when she brought, Dr. Lawless brought up in that interview, you know, seeing Keith Raniere get uh, that scarf around his neck from the Dalai Lama. Well, it's like, yeah, they made a huge donation. The Dalai Lama obviously did not do any sort of due diligence. No, somebody got his own issue. Him a scarf and just let that ride. And let that ride. But she mentioned how important that is for Keith Raniere to look legitimate. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, this other religious leader. It's like when you see presidents of different countries like shaking hands with yeah. each other. Like we're we we're in the same game. We recognize we're all but really, revered. We're legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you try to attach yourself to something legit and say, and I'm a psychologist. That sounds pretty legit. Yeah. Sinisterhood will be right back. In the interview, Dr. Lalich also says that there's almost always a form of exploitation within these groups. Whether that's sexual, physical, or financial. When you look at all these four things that Dr. Lalich uses to identify a cult, I would say that profundity yours ticks all the boxes. It does indeed. And and culture spectrum, as uh, I think it was a guy, mm-hmm. uh, as a cult expert in the Texas Monthly or whatever, it's like, it's a spectrum. So some are benign, some are insidious. And again, in Texas, cult's not a protected term. That's not a defamatory term because, you know, the state can't determine what is and isn't a legitimate religion. But I think when you see aspects and it walks like a duck and talks mm-hmm. like a duck is what we're kind of seeing here. Yeah. No law enforcement agencies have publicly announced that they are investigating Linda or the group, but those with loved ones in Linda's grasp are pleading for intervention. Former members detail physical and emotional abuse, sleep deprivation, and financial exploitation in on-record interviews. One family member received information from a neighbor who was concerned about an individual's mental health. Some adults who live on the ranch may be over 65, meaning they are also subject to special protection under Texas law that guard against abuse of older adults. This is me throwing that in there. I don't know how old anybody is or whatever on the ranch, but because my previous job was older adults, I just know how whatever exploitation and fraud you're doing is bad. If you're doing it to somebody over 65 or somebody with a disability, it's worse and the state treats it worse. And so that would be my concern is if there's any protected people there, if there's somebody with a disability or somebody who's over 65 or any minors or anything like that. I was just going to say, we have um, ex followers that claim to have seen uh, children being abused by Linda too. And there are agencies specifically for, you know, the abuse of children too. that older adults. It's going to be worse when the charges come down for, for people that fall into those categories. Yeah, for sure. Though no charges have been filed yet, the allegations against Linda and the group, if true, could result in charges at the state and federal levels, including tax evasion, wire fraud, practicing psychology without a license, using a fictitious degree for financial gain, elder abuse, and fraud, among others. These charges carry with them prison sentences, fines, and disgorgements of all ill-gotten gains. 
What I was thinking about, too, because, you know, if you're a victim and you think uh, you're for a family member and you think, man, I just wish these people would go to jail and get rid of everything. But you do also have the financial aspect that you have given a ton of money under false pretenses. You know, you were told that this was all going to go to this ranch or whatever. And what I said earlier from the perspective of a Deceptive Trade Practices Act, I mean, they can call themselves a nonprofit corporation, but the DTPA specifically says any entity in Texas can be sued, whatever it's, uh, you know, whether you're a partnership, LLC, nonprofit, it doesn't matter. So I would say if you gave money and and the DTPA it guards against exactly representing that a service has uh, a status or an affiliation that it doesn't have. I would argue saying, oh, I'm a psychologist. I'm going to sell you a session with me. I'm a psychologist. That's deceptive trade. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is textbook. I mean, that's in the DTPA. They have a thing called a laundry list and that is a laundry list item. It's like where it specifically lists out things that the state has said we want to guard our citizens against, you know, failing to disclose information around services, which at known at the time of the transaction, you wouldn't have entered in the transaction. Are you going to send this person 200 bucks if you don't think she has a degree in psychology mm-hmm. or at least used to be licensed? No, she just lured you into send her 200 bucks. And how many people did that? It's the perfect scam, some might say. Well, I mean, you think, oh, it's Until the perfect scam. Well, I would say, oh, well, I called it a donation. Mm-hmm. That's I, It's fine because I called it a donation. I would um, urge anybody who seems to think that you can just call something a donation to read the revenue rulings. It's like, God, I can't It's in the show notes. But there, if you want to have some fun on a Saturday night, read some <laughs> revenue rulings by the IRS. But it's from, you know, decades ago because people have been trying this bullshit for years. Mm-hmm. They basically, I mean, they like literally just said in there, we don't care what you call it. We can see that your services have no, what people were trying to do and i think what maybe you know you try to do if you set up a nonprofit and sell sessions with yourself is that you go well i'm not selling anything it's just you know my time is worth a thousand dollars so they're donating a thousand dollars the irs has said your time has no inherent value so any money you get for your time spent is income to you we don't care what you call it unless you are a 501c3 and you have been exempted from tax. So I think when you see these, it's the perfect scam. Like you said, you're not, there are not more IRS agents. There are more IRS agents than there are you. There are more FBI agents than there are you. And also there are way more criminals than there are you because they've all done it since the fucking, since we've started having to pay taxes. Everybody's been trying to figure out this how not This is not to. a new grift by any no, means. No, or since how we started businesses, people have been lying and saying, oh yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a doctor, buy this snake oil. It's mm-hmm. great. And they were in fucking covered wagons. Mm-hmm. So I think what, happens in a situation like this is that you have all of the we keep saying word salad because that's what it is you have these chaotic what they are are verbatim memorized from new age religion books being regurgitated back to people it's not like a new thought it's just kind of this mixture of all these books being regurgitated back to people that's a huge distraction from what is a nuts and bolts pulling all the prior case law from Keith Raniere, from Larry Ray from these religious leaders that have done similar things to these allegations to me, I'm like, I am I would be, again, shocked if there's no agencies already looking into this uh, at the federal level, just given the use of the Internet and PayPal. And no matter what you think you change the EIN on PayPal, they send a 1099K to you and they send one to the government like they know how much money you mm-hmm. have. Should not have used PayPal. You should have asked for cash donations <laughs> um, because I- anything like that's traceable. Mm-hmm. While desperate family members wait for law enforcement to act. It is becoming more apparent that Linda and the group's tactics fit into the guidelines developed by psychologists and academics on what it means to be a cult. Michael Langon, a psychologist and the executive director at the International Cultic Studies Association, explained to Texas Monthly, 
Cults exist on a continuum from benign to very bad. If you or a loved one is involved in Profundity Years or any group where you feel like you can't leave, help is available. If you or someone you know might be a victim of human trafficking, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888 or text 233-733. If you have reasonable cause to believe that a child, adult over age 65, or an adult with disabilities is being abused in Texas, visit texabusehotline.org or call 1-800-252-5400. We will also have a list of resources in the show notes with more ways you can get help. So what do we think? I think one of the biggest issues that you see here is what Dr. Lawledge has talked about in a lot of her um, publications and interviews, and, and specifically the interview with Sierra and Warner, is that the law is trailing somewhat, and this is what I experienced at Legal Aid, trailing somewhat in catching up with technology and human behavior. And by that, I mean, we had romance scams all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I would have people call in and say like, oh my gosh, my dad thinks he's dating, you know, whatever. Beyonce I, messaged me on Instagram yes. and needs $100 for a flight to get to her concert. Yeah. Oh, Bruno Mars asked me for yeah. five grand to gas up his jet, etc. I'm like, bitch, you got a jet, Bruno Mars. Why don't you get your own gas? Anyways, but it's sad because people believe it. You know, they think that yeah. they see something on the internet. Well, for a long time, it was like, And that's one thing to lie and say that you're a celebrity. But then you see these other cases where it's like, no, I'm in love with you. Mm -hmm. I'm really in love with you. Send me, you know, and again, it's not send me $50,000 today. It's like, I just need $100. My son needs surgery. I would get a new outfit, but I can't afford one. So you're getting piecemeal, piecemeal. And I'd have these desperate uh, adult children of older adults calling in going like, what do I do Mm -hmm. with my parent? And I think we are uh, now, I I saw a DOJ, um, conviction out of uh, the Southern District out of Houston that there was they are prosecuting romance scammers essentially saying you're lying like you lied to this- swindler yeah kind of stuff like that absolutely yeah saying like oh I love you or I need this for this reason or stuff and they're saying we don't care you lied and you use the internet to take this you know you use the bank system and the internet and everything to send this money and you lied to a person and you took their money they weren't giving you the money willingly because they wouldn't have done that absent what you said to them. So, and we know what you said to them wasn't true. Therefore, this is fraud. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to see now the government and, you know, law enforcement stepping up and saying, we're not going to just go like, well, they want to be there. Sorry, family. They just want to be there. If you look at aspects of coercive control that are being employed, you have to understand that negates any sort of consent to have been there. Yeah, and if you have been told to stop taking your prescribed medication for a mental health disorder, you're certainly not in the right state of mind to make a decision whether what what is right for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the most heartbreaking thing of all of this is watching these Zoom calls yeah. and seeing these followers who some appear to be at the ranch because they're, you know, on the same screen as Linda. Others appear to be maybe at their home and and dialing in. But when she talks and it's just nonsense, I mean, really, like, if you watch these, you really have to take a brain break because it is just you become so confused by what she's saying because it's just like talking in circles 
I people criticize when we get too political, but I'm just going to say it's very Trump like. Like yeah, you talk in like these circles and so you don't even really understand what you're listening to anymore. You just mm-hmm. kind of get hypnotized into this like nodding of yes, I agree. I agree. And you can see on these Zoom calls she's saying all this shit about light vessels and pole shifts and everything and everyone's just like nodding like yeah yep but if you really look in their eyes it seems to me like there's they're lost there's 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 a, a a vacancy there where you it seems like if i was one of their family members watching this i would see like oh there's some glimmers of who that person used was. to be, but they've really been stripped down to mm-hmm. nothing, which is cult 101. You take away yeah. someone's identity, their, you know, individualism and build them back up to be basically another you who you are controlling. Yeah. It's, it's just heartbreaking because on so many of these calls, the people are are weeping and saying, you know, like oh, yeah. the problems they've been through and you hear and you feel the the real trauma that they have experienced that have led them to Linda. I mean, Michelle said everyone there is broken in some way. They've all experienced trauma and they all went there looking for love and light and guidance. And in the beginning, you're love bombed and you think that that's what's happening. And Dr. Lalich in her interview with Siren talks about that, you know, that you, it starts out where like, you're invited to a, a group meeting, or in this case, like you, you log on to something on zoom, you watch a YouTube video and then people start to love bomb you and tell you like, Oh, you're so special. These people don't understand you. We understand I choose you. you. I choose you. We're your real family. And then they invite you to something. And mm-hmm. Dr. Lalich makes a good point that as humans, we don't like to, you know, not fulfill our own promises. So if we say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll show up for this next Zoom meeting. Well, then you kind of feel beholden to do that. And then that's how it starts to, to weave you in. And before you know it, you're living at this ranch and you've deeded her your whole fucking house and everything because... It's just this slow, insidious turning up of the water boiling that you don't realize how deep you're in it until it's too late. And you're there now in a vulnerable state, Mm -hmm. mentally vulnerable. More vulnerable than when you arrived, arguably. Oh, for sure. And I, um, I can only tell, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know where anybody's from, but I will also point out that in some of these other DOJ cases, I've seen that when you see foreign nationals involved and, and Linda using terms like you can physically give us your labor if you want. Mm-hmm. And that's when you do move into the realm of possible human trafficking. You definitely have labor violations. I mean, they have squashed the nonprofit entity as of Feb of 2023. So I hope every single person there is making a salary. If they're not, the work that they are doing is absolutely illegal. You cannot do work for a for-profit entity as a volunteer. You just can't. You, can't, you have to be paid. That's the you law. You have to be paid. You, you can't. I You're mean, also allowed breaks. Yes, also that. But you know why you have to be paid? It's because the government wants their cut. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, they don't want sure. you to do this, right? So you can't just say like, oh, well, you know, sinisterhood, we just, it's just like a fun thing. We just volunteer our time just for fun. It's like, no, you have to actually 
pay people to help you and work with you. And even if the, you, the person thinks that they are doing it by their own means and thinks they're a volunteer, you cannot have a volunteer. You also, churches have gotten in trouble. Nonprofit, legitimately organized nonprofits have gotten in trouble. And there are specific regulatory lines that you have to follow for your employees who are now conducting business. But guess what? They aren't a church anymore, guys. If anybody thinks they're giving a donation, you are giving free money to a for-profit corporation, full stop, period. Or giving your time and labor. Yeah, or giving your time and your labor. And, in yeah. those, and she does say in many of the the YouTube videos that, you know, well, if you can't donate financially, you can come give us your, you can come work in the garden or we're going to need electricians or we're going to need people that can help build cabins for everybody to live here. So you may think, oh, I'm helping the greater good. I'm going to move there and do all of this. When you're possibly leaving behind an actual paying job to, to give even more time and resources to something that you're getting no money out of. And in fact, you're being worked to the bone and emotionally and possibly physically abused the entire time. Yeah, she smacks you in the face for uh, asking her about $1,000 worth of crystals. Or she holds down your three-year-old kid who you are forcing to live there, which mm-hmm. that in and of itself, I mean, CPS needs to get involved then. If there are minors and children that are being forced to live there and suffering abuse at the hands of this leader, then they need to be taken away ASAP. Yeah. And the thing that gets me is the Dallas Brain News article is like, well, the sheriff looked and said everything looked good. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm sure a cursory glance or if they see, uh, again, the ranch is set off from the road by like a pretty long driveway. We drove by it and it is yeah. sprawling trick to oh, yeah. fucking get there as a trek down just dirt roads that are potholes after potholes. And then the actual ranch is, you know, set far off from that dirt road. So when you said earlier, you decide to leave. Well, you don't have a car. You don't have a phone. How is anybody going to pick you up? How would they even find you? And I would say if you're a foreign national and you're living there and they do not, they took your passport away or something like that, that is hugely majorly yeah. illegal like hugely majorly so things like that where i would uh, i the whole the cursory welfare checks that we've been getting uh, clearly have not been sufficient at least insofar as these people who have gotten out who have said this occurred while i was there that the human aspect is vital and i think is the most pressing aspect because and i hope she's not doing sessions right now maybe she's not but to me with all of this stuff if she ceased operations today deleted everything today it does not matter the barn door is open mm-hmm. all of this information is out there and we have and have uncovered through all this you know the collective resources and research of uh, several folks you know when you have uncovered real evidence of a potential crime i find it crimes, disturbing plural. crimes crimes at, at various different levels and you know, I, you know people can say all day long well it's not this or it's not that it doesn't matter i went to law school and you didn't so shut the fuck up uh <laughs> i actually like, have a degree in psychology <laughs> but i still would yeah, never rude. say that Operation i stolen valor <laughs> i couldn't i i don't i'm not a licensed psych no. therapist or counselor i can't give people i can't tell people hey if you venmo me or paypal me a hundred dollars. I'll talk to you about your life problems and tell you what I think. I can't do that. 
And no, if I and do, you would never- I got to pay taxes on it. <laughs> yeah, even if you did, it was it's illegal, but you also still have to pay taxes. Did you know that you have to pay taxes on money that you receive illegally? We talked about that in the Al Capone episode like four years ago. But it's like, even if she ceased everything, I feel like the damage has already been done. Mm-hmm. And there is such a wide, ironically, self-created mass of evidence around this that I just, I will be shocked um, if nothing ever comes of this. Something's got to come of it. And quite honestly, I don't think we're going to rest until it does. Honestly, it feels like... <laughs> this is, it's it's become personal for us. A little bit of an obsession. <laughs> obsession, personal. It's how can you not watch hours upon hours of the of footage like this and not feel for these people and want them to get the help and want them to get back to their families and get their financial their wealth back you know i mean yeah it's you worked hard for that you, you shouldn't give it to somebody that. and also it's- maybe my biggest concern is when this child predator gets out of prison where's he gonna set up shop and he's already knows all of the people there and has formed a relationship with them so and they're also hearing from their leader how wonderful he is you know how he's not guilty of anything so it's a very biased, one-sided view, also completely false. He is 100% guilty of all of this. And oh, he doesn't yeah. need to be setting up shop. And what really pissed me off in that Dallas Morning News article that the sheriff said is like, well, if he moves here, we'll make sure he's following all his reporting stuff and everything, reporting to the state. That is not the answer I am looking for. No. And the issue, too, is like, he guess what? He wasn't molesting kids in the neighborhood. He was trafficking in child sexual abuse material all over the Internet. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. And I'm sure it's like, oh, well, when you get out, you're not supposed to use a computer. Oh, I'm sure everybody follows that. We have reports that at least one child lives at the ranch. Yeah, maybe has left by now. May- Who hopefully knows? so. Because the, the cast of characters tends to change. It so does. they may have people, left. People come and go. There seems to be an inner circle, if you will, that we see with all cults. There's usually like Allison Mack was Keith Raniere's second hand, you know. Everyone's got, you know, like kind of their inner circle that sticks around and then other people kind of fluctuate and, and come and go. But if you're in that inner circle, you may want to get into the outer circle because yeah. Allison Max is she served time for what she did. Yeah. She was also a victim. But at some point, like we've said, you go from being a victim to being complicit in the abuse that's going on. Yeah. Even if, whether it's you're funding it or you're signing documents or whatever. And the the uh, victim versus complicit question is really like for the probation parole board that determines your helps determine your sentencing guidelines. It's not for the fact of your guilt or innocence, because you see with Keith Ranieri and Allison Mack and the Bronfman sisters. So it was like Keith kind of ran it. Allison was kind of the right hand gal. And then the Bronfman sisters were funding it. So you have kind of this trifecta at the top where I think Keith Ranieri thought, like I'm not going to brand anyone and therefore I won't be liable but it doesn't matter it's called racketeering it's the RICO statute that the the government's all having there's a state level one there's a federal level one and 
he got busted on Rico because it's like, no, I see that you were directing this. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you never sign a check. It doesn't. And, and I think Linda signed plenty of things. But the issue I would have as one of the upper echelon people is exactly what you said. I would as soon as possible get the fuck out before I also got, which I think, it, again, the barn door is already open, but I would not want to incur any further uh, criminal, possible criminal or sim- civil liability. I'd probably bounce pretty the quick. The best time to get out was yesterday. The second best time is today and yeah that's easy to say as someone sitting on the outside i don't think for most of the people there they probably don't have the means to leave yeah so that is when outside agencies have to step in in order to protect these people and before anything else just tragic happens you know i mean it's already bad now we don't want to see it get any worse Exactly. Uh, what what uh, happens when somebody's hand gets forced or they get pushed up against the wall by government agencies? Or so, suddenly those T-shirts that they're selling at the gift shop take on a whole new meaning. Yeah, a really horrifying meaning, honestly. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, if anybody listening to this is a government agent, <laughs> give me a call. Yep. I, I got a ton of uh, evidence you might want to see. <laughs> we uh, We have... Lots of stuff if you'd like to see it. And also, if anyone listening is involved in this group, whether you've lost a loved one to it or maybe you are in it and you're wanting to leave and you don't know how, if you're able to message us, we will help you as much as possible. Like, I think when you're in a thing like this and you've got, you know, a dozen people around you and it's just an echo chamber of harmful thoughts and beliefs it's easy to feel like you that this is what your life has become this is it Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe you think you're happy because you're not mentally stable but you are being taken advantage of you're being abused and people on the outside love you miss you want you back and if we can help in any way, we are happy to. I would love to. And we also will have a follow-up to this uh, coming out tomorrow yes. that uh, we're going to discuss with Sierra Warner, who's a journalist um, out of Minnesota who has been kind of spearheading the research on this and has a trove of uh, evidence and research on this. And you'll hear him discuss in that interview that he received a cease and desist letter from uh, Linda and them with an opening line that made me choke, made both of us laugh out loud and made me choke. Which I have uh, used several times in conversation with Tommy. <laughs> just <laughs> really? to, yeah. But also send us one. I'd love to have oh it. My God. I want to frame it and put it in my to. studio. Please send I'd us die. two so we can each have one. <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't want to copy. I need two originals. Um, But yeah, I I don't think that they have any, you know, uh, grounding basis. You know, uh, I'm a lawyer who read this before we said it on the air. But I think the one big thing I will say about something like a defamation case, it's what we say in all of this stuff, is that I would love the chance for some discovery. I would love it. I would love it in a second. I have insurance, so I'm not even going to pay for the lawyer part. (laughs) I'm my own lawyer as well. I also have... I. So many friends that are lawyers that would help me for free. But then on top I'm of that, I'm a judge, oh, so I'm just going to oversee the whole judge. case. <laughs> She's a judge. The judge will be like, oh, I'm so sorry, Your Honor, and take the, the robe off. I'm but like, all I want. Do you oh, have two oh. gavels? Oh, you're a real serious judge. <laughs> I mean, it's just um, a horniness. Oh, 
so much discovery. So much discovery. Yeah. Oh, I will submit so many records. <laughs> don't do it. All that to say is don't do it. Don't sue me. Don't do it. But man, discovery would be freaking Yeah, delicious. don't sue it us. So don't do it. But God, it would be so. But if you did, we got a lot of receipts. And then you hear our managers and agents like tear their hair out when they hear this part of the thing. God damn it, shut up. <laughs> but I do, I will say, everything that we've said is, is documented. Oh, like, yeah. I we have not correct. said anything that can't be proven in a court of law, quite frankly. Honestly, yeah, honestly, like I have evidence before yeah. I say things. So. Yeah, we don't just talk yeah. out of our asses. I mean, no. we... We, I do, but you stop me all the I mean, you try and do the uh, Ace Ventura thing every episode, and I'm like, please quit it. This is a serious subject. Everybody at the t- at the end, I do that. <laughs> That's how she says, uh, "Keep it creepy." It's yeah. out of her ass that like she Ace points Ventura. at the camera that I have to look at. But in all seriousness, yeah, agencies need to get involved. This is. I don't want this to be something that just falls off the radar. I don't like newspapers picking it up. Like it's this oh this is just silly little thing down in Texas where everybody's a, a nut. No, that's how you know what else started like that? The branch Davidians. So yeah. let's not let this become something like that again. Yeah. Get out of control because there wasn't and in that case, there was like, Well, we don't know what's going on in there. We don't have any evidence. There's a lot of yeah. evidence here. So there's really no reason to sit on your hands, no. in my opinion. Yeah. No. So all that to say, um, we're going to keep fighting the good fight. And if anyone needs help or wants to get in on that fight and has information that might be able to help, you are welcome to email us at sinisterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content, like our upcoming Minnesota on an internet meme from years ago that is circulating back in the news due to a tragedy. For recent patrons, thank you so much for supporting this show and make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. Head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out Sinisterhood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. While you're there, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And you can find us on Cameo. And for Cameo, if you're not aware, is where you can book a custom video shout out. It's personalized. We say what you tell us to say and wish a wonderful thing to somebody that you love. Happy birthday. Congrats. Happy anniversary. You got this. Whatever. Go to Cameo.com and let us deliver your message in such a happy way. Christy, where are you at online? I am on, well, first, before I say that, it just occurred to me that today is a full moon. So <gasps> I I meant to say it up top when I was talking about Ella and the moon stuff. And because for days she said, the moon's almost full. When's it going to be full? And so uh, I was like, oh, August 1st, that's when we record the podcast. And she said, you should talk about that since it's a full moon and your show is called Full Moon Energy Tour. And I love that child so much. It makes me want to just explode from love. She is incredibly perfect <laughs> to be like, mom, like making that connection of wanting I know, to support you. I, I know. love that, babe. So her in the ocean, like made my heart. Oh my sing. gosh. If I watched that video like probably five times. I was just ha- so happy how happy she was. She saw the ocean for the first time. It was incredible. So you can see those videos and I'm about to post a lot more and yeah. pictures from our Disneyland trip. 
at Christy M. Wallace on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather, where's all your Oregon pics? Oh, I'll put all my Oregon pics on Instagram. I'm also on uh, all the apps at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. (laughs) (laughs) See, I did it with my butt. That's why it's so funny. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Dawn Zare. Ashley Deach. Sherry. Joanne. Beelzebub. Kaylou88. Emmy Lou. Caroline Fleming. Ashley Gashik. Velveteen Queen. Claire Bertoli. Carrie Hill. Dodie Rippentrop. Sarah V. And dearest Jeremy, thank you so much for supporting the show. We literally could not do this without you. We love and appreciate all your support. We hope you pronounced your names right. We got some real good ones in here today. Velveteen so, Queen. Uh, Dodie Rippentrop. If that's a real name a or a pseudonym, either badass. way, great. That's going to be so my new badass. name when I try to check in anonymously <laughs> the hotels. <laughs> they're like, ma'am, what's your name? And you're like, Dodie Rippentrop. And they're like, and your name? And I'm like, Beelzebub. <laughs> They're like, well, first of all, both those people have already checked in. So what are your real names? Oh, I meant to say Velveteen Queen. That's right. I'm Kalu 88 So we're stealing all your identities. Just kidding. But we love you and thank you so yes, much for supporting the show. thank you so show. much. We hope we pronounced all your amazing names correctly. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Mwahaha. Sinister Hood.